Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Virtual Investing, my name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard. This is your most inspirational show and that place where the greatest minds in the world converge. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Ghana and Enterprise Group with media support from the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Communications Group. So today we bring you the final installment in our series of conversations about business in deep waters. If you haven't been with us in the past couple of editions, we've been exploring the whole idea based on Psalm 107, verse 23 and 24, that says that those that go to the sea in ships that do business in deep waters, it is they who see the greatness of our God and his wonders in the deep. So the idea mainly is that no matter what you do, whether you are in you are in agriculture, you are in trade, you are in education, ministry, whatever, there is a place called deep waters that you can catch the big harvest in. But to get there, there are several 
nuances you must navigate and they can be very challenging. And these resource persons, great friends of mine I've known over the years, have been helping us to understand how to navigate these waters. So this one will be presented by the founder and CEO of Insano Limited, one of the finest fintechs in this continent, great friend of mine, known him over the years, authentic business leader, and his thoughts will be very, very inspirational as you contemplate your own industry and how to navigate deep waters. Let's welcome Kofi Ishra, CEO of Insano Limited, sharing the thoughts that were originally shared in November at the New Wine Temple ICGC where I serve as pastor. And I trust that these thoughts shared at our PCH Hangouts will be as relevant to you as the very day that they were shared. Let's go together into the deep waters with Kofi Owusu Ishra. Please don't go away. I have a number of opening thoughts before I delve into um, this topic. Doing business in deep waters. It's a very, very deep um, scripture. Psalm 107 verse 23. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. I think in contextualizing this topic and to try to make sense of it and to bring it to my life as a business person, I found it quite intriguing that the children of Israel, the Jews, were not naturally seafaring people. And so for David to write that these people who go into great waters are the ones who see the glory of God as it were. It's a pretty profound part of scripture. The other thought that I'd like to share before we delve into the various themes as I've um, identified is the fact that deep waters could mean many things and in our context this evening we would like to see deep waters as doing business or any enterprise on a big scale. So doing anything at scale could, um, in a lot of ways, represent doing business in deep waters. Now, to this extent, then we could do business in deep waters as far as ministry is concerned. You could do the work of God in deep waters. If you have an enterprise, taking it global could be deep waters because then you are doing business or that enterprise on a big scale. Deep waters could also mean a cross-industry play. So you have an idea, you have a solution, and you find relevance for that idea in multiple industries. Could become doing business in deep waters. My thought is that if you have a permanent job, an eight to five, and you create an idea that allows you to do this eight to five and run a business on the side, you are potentially doing business in deep waters because you are playing at scale. My prayer is that this evening, we will all pick up lessons and move our enterprises, our ministries into deep waters, amen. Well, when you think about the fact that we are talking about business in deep waters, as you know, the sea is naturally below land, as it were. And so doing business in deep waters also means taking a lot of risk. And 
if the Bible had perhaps left it at doing business in waters, that would mean risk enough. But when the scripture says deep waters, my understanding is that then the risks that you are going to take or we are going to embark on will be risks that are beyond the ordinary types of risk that we are familiar with whilst we do businesses and enterprises. So for our conversation this evening, doing business in deep waters would also mean that we will be taking on risks that are heavy. Um, the other day I saw an inscription which read that you only know good seamen in bad weather. Um, that means that if we will be able to do business in deep waters, we should build capacity to handle bad weather in deep waters. But the assurance in the scripture is that God delivers us. Amen. And so when God delivers us, we get to see his wonders in the deep. I would like to also mention as pretext to this presentation this evening that when you read the verse 25 of the scripture, the Bible says, God commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their souls melt because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distress. Now, this scripture is interesting because it gives me a certain sense that God is part of the whole process of seeing us build resilience when we are doing business in deep waters, which suggests to me also that because we trust in God, when we go into the deep waters to trade, we will not die, that God will give us the grace to survive. Amen. So this evening, my first major theme will center on the types of tests and challenges that we typically face when we venture out or when we plan to venture out into deep waters. So I will start with the first test. The first test is a test of faith, the test of faith, the test of faith. The Bible says in the book of Luke, the gospel according to St. Luke 5 verse 4, it says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So this is Christ speaking to Simon. He uses the boat of Simon to do his evangelism. And then when he is finished speaking, knowing that Simon was washing his nets because he had had a very unproductive season, he tells Simon, launch into the deep, cast your net again, this time with a certain assurance that there will be a great catch. I think the first and perhaps most important step in this process of doing business in deep waters is how you build your faith to venture out in the first place. For the purpose of this presentation, we need to realize that God speaks to us differently. In a typical service, somebody's word will come through the song ministration. Somebody's word will come during the intercession. Somebody's word will come during the sermon. In fact, your word could come while you're on your way out of the service. God could speak to you 
And my thought is that if we will venture out and do business in deep waters, then we should have a deep conviction in our hearts that whatever it is that we are doing has the blessing of God in it. Or that before you venture out into the deep, before you take that great risk, that God is with you in the particular field that you are entering. This also suggests to me that if we aspire to do business in deep waters, and the motivation for doing business in deep waters is to prove a point to an uncle who didn't take care of you in school, then when God lifts the storm, you will be found wanting and you will give up very quickly. And I will share personal experiences and stories in my own life as we've done business over the past um, almost two decades. And it's incredibly important that we identify for ourselves why we are motivated to go into the things that we have gone into. I've had to have in the past a very frank conversation with myself to the extent that did I hear from God? What type of conviction do I have to do the things that I do today? Because your faith will determine to a very large extent how much resilience you will build over time. So you need to ask yourself this evening, why am I interested in this field? Why do I want to go into this field? Why do I think that I am called to do this type of business? And you need to convince yourself that you are on the right path. Because as we'll find out later this evening, there will be many, many points um, you'll be tempted to turn and go back. So the Bible says that in the book of Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21, the Bible says you will hear a voice from behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. There cannot be ambiguity about the venture that you are in because the storm will test you. And so you need to be certain that you are led into that field. The other important factor that we need to understand and as we do business is how we interpret what we hear. So the Bible says in Mark 4 verse 24, Christ said, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. If you woke up and you realize you had a dream, for example, that you were swimming in water and your interpretation to that dream is that you must go into water business, you will need to be sure that your interpretation to the symbol or to the sign you had in your dream is really that you should go into the water business. Because when you go into the water business without a strong conviction, two years down the line, you would wonder whether you weren't supposed to do a swimming competition for Ghana in the Olympics because many things will test it. My point here is, it's incredibly important that we identify correctly what we are hearing and that we give the right interpretation to what we are seeing. A couple of years ago, so this is in 2010, um, I had a tradition where after the first service at, at Christ Temple, then at Abosokai, I will go to next door. Um, next door um, was on the tissue road. I don't know whether it's still there. And I will go and pray till about midday and then um, I will go home. So this day in March, I had gone to next door to pray. That was my tradition after service. And while I prayed, so I would typically walk on the rocks. So if you've been to next door before, there are a lot of rocks at the shore. So I'd walk on the rocks and just be praying and so on. 
Then I looked down and I saw something that looked like a creek. So like some small part of the rock with a collection of water. And when I looked closely, there was a small fish, a fingerling in the water. And it was swimming with so much dexterity. I was amazed. So I would bend closer to see the beauty. And when I did, and I saw how quickly, you know, how quickly the small fish swam in that small creek, that small collection of water, I felt in my spirit, I felt in my, I had a conviction in my spirit that if you walk into the path that I have called you to walk, this is what I will let you do in your world. The next day I would go, it was a Monday, I would go to my, my boss at the time where I, I used to work and tell him I was too certain it was time for me to move on. Now, while I said that, my everything in me shook. Literally, I shook internally. But I was too certain what I felt in my spirit. I felt it was the right time to move. But guess what? I didn't know what I was called to do. Later, I would find out that the path of the just is like shining light. That shines brighter and brighter onto the glorious day. And so what we do today will become clearer about three years after I took that step of faith. My challenge to you and the first idea I want to share with you is that you need to hear God for yourself, build conviction in your heart, and be certain that you are on the right path and you will survive in deep waters. Amen. The second important test is a test of commitment. And here I ask you a question, can you keep at it? Can you keep at it? A scripture that I love in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And it's a phenomenal scripture for me. Um, I watched a movie years ago where a pastor in the movie said something along the lines of, there will be times you will feel like giving up when you're doing good. So it's okay, as it were, to want to give up. The test of commitment is powerful for me because that is where those who just receive an idea differentiate themselves from those who pursue the idea that they receive. Years ago, I developed a concept around what I called the Noah principle. And I said, hearing God's voice that is going to rain is not enough. As a matter of fact, being certain that the rain will come is not even enough because without building the ark, hearing God's voice and being sure what the direction is or what the future is bringing, for want of a better way of putting it, it's almost useless. In other words, if you hear God's voice and you, you harden your heart, the word of God is of no effect. And after we've built the conviction in our spirits that this is the path, we are treading and this is the path that we are on commitment becomes a crucial thing that we need the bible says for those who are planted in the house of our god will flourish in the courts of our god if you are planted then you flourish one of the most phenomenal concepts that i've become familiar with lately is the, the concept of focus And I know focus is a very difficult thing for people because there's always the temptation to do a lot. And I face it every day myself. Um, when Pastor Albert was reading my profile and he mentioned, and he has also started a law firm, I cringed a little because that also says to you that um, I've sort of also run around trying to do a lot. The truth of the matter is that as we will read from Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point, Small incremental steps would eventually result in grand results. And here in Africa, and especially in Ghana, we focus on a lot of things. For one person, you are doing this, you are doing that, and you've really never committed to anything fully. My challenge to you is that doing business in great waters is so hard, we should learn to focus. So recently, I resigned from the law firm that I I found it and, and handed it over to a gentleman whom I found more competent and able. And so Emmanuel is leader of our law firm today and he's doing a phenomenal job. Every day I see him, I wonder why I didn't do this much earlier. And this is because I have come to the point of realization that if we don't focus, we can never scale. We can never do business at scale. So the commitment also means that you need to despise the shame because it takes a while for the business that you are trying to do to get traction it takes a while for the enterprise to get traction it takes a while for the ministry to grow there isn't any overnight success in fact i'm not sure who said it but it says an overnight success is 20 years so it will require commitment from you you will need to be committed to the course that you have selected for yourself 
And the commitment means that you must sacrifice a lot and pay the price. Without the price, there can be no glory. And the temptation will come because waiting is taking too much time. Focusing on what you have started will take so much time to yield or to bad. And so there will be the temptation for you to add on. And therein lies the danger. You know, when we finally got into the fintech space and I was very certain in my spirit that that's where God had led us. Later, I will explain to you how I got convinced about it. Amongst many other reasons, I, I felt I was going to be rich. I was very sure of it. So I refused to get discouraged. But I had a shock of my life when we did, um, we had our first financial results. I was shocked because as far as I was concerned, the business was doing well because we were processing a lot of payments. Because the fintech business that we do is into payment processing, particularly for banks. And I was shocked to realize that we had made peanuts, practically nothing, because I had not factored the fact that whatever commission that is charged when you do your transaction will be shared with the mobile money company. And then whatever little is left will be shared with the bank. And then whatever little is left, you will pay taxes on it. And today there's e-levy and other forms of taxes. So we were distraught because we were counting millions. We were seeing transactions pass through our systems. And yet very small amounts were going to be coming to us as rewards for all the work that we had done. Now, I learned a very important lesson very early on in the day that we would have to bid our time. So I tell people jokingly, when people make demands of us, I tell them how much you're asking for will be a thousand transactions happening for, for me to be able to afford what you're selling to me. In other words, we all need to get the principle that what you are building will take time. And so if you respect the word that you had, if you have faith in the conviction that you have, if you are certain that God is leading you towards that thing that you are, um, you are doing, then it will take time for it to get there. The third concept I'd like to share is on knowledge and understanding. The test of knowledge and understanding. And here, I ask you a question. Can you manage doing business in deep waters? Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10. If the axe is dull, one would need a lot more strength um, for a very small amount of work. The Bible says that wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your time. And I have realized in doing business in our industry that the lack of thorough understanding of your ecosystem is the first sign that you are not going to go far. The first sign you are not going to go far is when you have haphazard understanding of the industry. Your industry is changing very rapidly, whether you like it or not. When you are doing the business and you don't know who your competitors are, you haven't started doing business in deep waters. When you don't understand the economics of your industry, how value is created in the, your industry, the various business models in your industry, you are yet to start doing business in deep waters. You know, having deep understanding of your industry will allow you to predict what is or what may happen in the industry. I was telling a colleague this, that one sport I have come to like is those who surf, surfing. So you see them with their boards under the armpits waiting to catch a wave, then they run towards the wave and they dive onto it, and then that's, that's fun. Now, the interesting thing about this industry is that those who are fantastic surfers, 
need to be able to predict that a wave is coming so they can run and meet the wave. You don't create the wave or the tide for that matter. You must identify it coming and then you run and catch it. Now, I think it's incredibly important that we find the rhythm, for want of a better way of putting it, of making money in the industries that we find ourselves in. And often we become very aloof as to what to do to create value in the industry that we are in. Beyond the initial concept um, you will create, you will be required at many points in time to understand what your customers want today. Your customers' needs will change. And if you don't understand your customers, the business will struggle. We have learned this in a very, very difficult way. Um, when we started operating our business um, in Zambia, uh, we had quite some understanding of how fintech generally works. So we've, we've, we have an operations team, we have help desk, we have all sorts of departments, right? We have reconciliations and we are doing reconciliations and we are automating processes and so on. Now, we got into Zambia and we started trading. We started doing business. We started talking to banks. We started talking to, connecting to the mobile money players and so on and so forth. Till one day, we heard that the, one of their state security agencies were in our offices and they were looking for the directors of the business. I mean, I was far away in Ghana, but I lost sleep. I couldn't sleep because whatever it was that they were looking for didn't sound like it was good. And we had also received a letter from the central bank in that country to stop operating and that we were committing a crime by operating without a license. Now, the last thing that I had at the back of my mind was to break the law or to find myself breaking the law in a country that I, you know, and to make matters worse, I had called up a lawyer who had explained to me that under these circumstances, when you get to the airport, you could be picked up at the airport. I said, Jesus Christ, that's the last time I'm going to go to Zambia. I'm not stepping foot in Zambia. But of course, later the matter will be resolved and so on. But the shocking thing is that doing our type of business in Zambia didn't seem like a walk in the park. It was pretty much different from what we had come to know in Ghana. And so we had to unlearn some of the stuff that we knew and pick up new knowledge and pay for lawyers to tell us some of the things that we thought we ought to have known. Brothers and sisters, I think it's important to build a knowledge base for that area of business that you want to go into. At times, years of research will save you from embarrassment even before you get into the business. But we take it for granted. I've had people call me and say, Kofi, we hear fintech is booming in Africa. I want to go into fintech. And I said, sure, what do you want to do? And then they will say all sorts of things. So this friend of mine schooled outside the country, he worked in um, Morgan Stanley, back in town. And he says to me, he wants to go into fintech because his hearing is a big thing. I said, okay, what do you want to do? But he says he wants to convert airtime into money. And he's crazy about the idea. He's excited about this idea. He wants to convert airtime into money. Because somebody sends him airtime, he wants to convert it into money. And I listened to him go on and on and on and on. At the end of the, of the call, I said, but I mentioned his name. It's illegal. You can't do that in Ghana. Like, it's a crime. So don't even think about it. He says, Kofi, why did you let me go on and on? And if you know it was a crime. The point I'm trying to make is this. If we don't pay attention, 
conviction in your heart, commitment, you are ready to commit, but the lack of knowledge will land you in jail. So we need to apply ourselves and ensure that we have built a lot of knowledge in the area that we wish to do business in. The fourth test that we will face while we do business in deep waters is the test of integrity. The test of integrity. Can you keep your hands clean? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9, he who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his way will become known. You'll be popular for perverting your way. These days, we rarely close any business by sending proposals. Proposals don't bring you any business these days. It's purely on the basis of recommendation. So typically, who you know? Who is using your service and can vouch for you? As a matter of fact, you can send proposals and they will ask you, who are you doing this for? Not because they just want to test whether you have done it before, but they want to know whether you, if they went to company X, they could testify for you. Many years ago, I heard a statement which read, if you keep your hands clean, you can eat at God's table. If you keep your hands clean, you can eat at God's table. If I work for your enterprise and for some reason I resign and I leave the organization, if I had the opportunity to come back to your organization, would I want to work with you again as my boss? And it's a question of integrity. And if you had staff in your organization, would they trust that this person means well for us as staff or employees of the organization? Now, these are questions that we all think about every day. And so my expectation is that while we do business in great waters in this month of November, you will also ask yourself whether you are working in integrity. It's a true test that we fight every day and every day we aspire to do better. Integrity will bring you more business and more opportunity than your proposals would ever bring you. As a matter of fact, you may want to invest in integrity than an office building or an office complex. Integrity will speak for you in places where your proposals cannot reach. And so doing business in deep waters, doing business at scale, doing ministry at scale, aspiring to do big things for God would require integrity. Now, there are times that you will stand in the auditorium, lift your hands to God and make a vow that God, if you can take my business from here and take it there, X percent of my salary will always come to you or of my profit will always come to you. But in your heart, you know it's not true. And so at that point, you know that you are not working in integrity before God. So before men is, is nothing. I mean, if between you and God, you know you don't have integrity, then before men, it means nothing. And a couple of years ago, we had gone into a market to do, um, to set up our business. And we met a man, he was the board chair for a telecommunication company. Um, so in that country, he was a giant in that country, he was a big industrialist. And we got talking and then he says to me, okay, so send this, this proposal to this person, tell the person I said you should come and speak to them. And so he opens a lot of doors. So later in the evening, during dinner, I asked him, but sir, you've not done an NDA or you've not put a paper on. I mean, this is the part of me that does paperwork for a living, right? I'm a lawyer, I do paperwork for a living. So I'm saying, why would not you put a paper on it and ask me to give you 10% and say, so, this coffee, if I don't trust you, I will not even do business with you. In other words, I won't sign a contract with you if I can't trust you. And that, that thing the man said shook me because 
I should know better. I should know there are a thousand and one ways to unwind from a contract after you sign. There is a lot we can achieve if we did business with integrity. We could actually connect in this room, shake hands, and a lot can happen tomorrow. But we are wary of church folks ourselves. We are concerned that if I open the door and you get in, that'll be the last time I'll see you. So, test of integrity. Number five, there's a test of motive. The test of motive. The Bible says, the message version of, um, of the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 3, it says, when you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. Don't call attention to yourself. You can call attention to the thing, perhaps, but don't call attention to yourself. I saw a WhatsApp status the other day and I took a screenshot of it. The quote was, a seed grows with no sound, but a tree falls with huge noise. Destruction has noise, but creation is quiet. This is the power of silence grow silent. Now, this is a very important um, subject for me um, because it's been our business principle from day one. My teammates, my colleagues at Insano will tell you we have a very um, fanciful way of hiding. So we say hide and flourish. The point I'm making here is very simple. The motive for going into business or into those deep waters, the reason why you are moving at scale will be tested. What do I mean? If the reason why you are moving your business at scale and investing a lot more capital is because you want to be seen and heard on social media, you would realize very quickly that the motive is a very defective, dangerous motive. If the motive is to prove a point to somebody, like I said at the start of this conversation, you would also realize that that motive cannot stand the test of time. There are so many people, as I have come to learn, who have a lot of work being done on them by God. God is preparing a lot of people, but we are always tempted to run into the social media, into social media. We are always tempted to run into limelight. And if your motive in doing business in deep waters is an award or a public, a certain loud applause or a certain news article about you, asking you what food you like and so on and so forth and the personality profiles and so on, my argument to you is that that motive will be challenged. Why do I say what I'm saying? I have come to realize that if you are really moving in deep waters, the focus will always be on the thing that you are building and you will be super focused on it. You won't have time for social media. And I say this advisedly because there are people whose businesses are social media themselves and I respect that and that's a different kettle of fish. But we need to be careful of that temptation to show everything that is happening internally outside. We cannot become a people who are just interested in the applause and not doing the real work. My challenge to us is as we scale our enterprises, as we add on to what God has called us to do, building conviction, committing to doing this, having understanding, working in integrity, let's learn to keep what is private, private, because your business will have a gestation period. So for the first 10 years of our business, Insano celebrates its um, 10th year this year. And of course, as you may know, before Insano, we had had several iterations of it. It took time for us to come to the point of starting Insano. And I told my team members, my first set of staff, that the reason why we are hiding is because I want us to give ourselves room to try another business if it failed. And so I am not going to crush my confidence 
if this business doesn't do well, such that I will not be able to start another. But we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because doing business in great waters is risky. And God himself, as we read in verse 25 of the scripture, says that he can lift the storm so your business could crash. But if it crashes, would you have the courage to start again? You have blown your trumpet and said everything and put yourself in the face of every social media, every news article must mention your name when you hear the industry and your name is not mentioned, you are disturbed. It can disturb your day. My suggestion to you is that you will struggle as the business skills because most of the time, from my experience, doing business in deep waters will be quiet and lonely. So if your motivation is always media, you will be challenged because you won't be able to focus the media's lenses on you throughout the period of the business. And please, let's take our time to let the business come into maturation. There will be a gestation period. It might take five years. Wait for it. So we, as a business, decided nobody does personality interviews. You won't interview me at any point in time and ask about what we do, especially on radio and so on. I remember one radio station called and said they were doing a program on their morning show about young businessmen. I said, I'm not young. They said, okay, about businessmen. I said, I'm not interested in the business people. You need to find every mechanism to keep the focus and to make sure that you test what the intention for going into the enterprise really is. The sixth point is a test of discipline. There's a lot I would like to say here. I'm asking, can you control your edges? One of the most important points I like to make here is this, that the routine that you built before you started the enterprise cannot change when you start doing business in the deep or when you start doing business at scale. When you started, you would turn up at eight o'clock and close at five. You are now in deep waters and so you have 200 staff and so you have started going to work at 10, 11-ish. Now, that is how we destroy our businesses from what I have come to learn. Setting rules and governance procedures and making yourself subject to them is a, an important step while you do business in deep waters. In other words, when you start thinking about taking your business to scale, when you start running your operation such that now you see it's expanding, that is when you now need to put in the checks to make sure you discipline yourself. And Paul says it's very nicely. In fact, other versions of the Bible says, Paul says, I treat my body like a slave. I beat my body like a slave. In other words, nobody is requesting or requiring you to have a board. But would you submit to a board? Would you hire an accountant because you don't want to dip your hands in the money yourself? Because at scale, you start seeing money come in. But are you disciplined enough to say, is the business's money, I am the sole proprietor, or I am the majority shareholder, but I will not buy everything my IC just interested in. I want to discipline myself. You need to put that check on you because it will not come externally. As much as possible, you dress up and show up for your two staff like you would do when you have 200 staff. It's just Kojo and Ama in the office. Why do I need to wear a tie and go and sit in there? But the discipline says that if you want to do business in deep waters, before you venture out, treat your staff seriously like you would if you had 200 staff. One of the things that we did very early day in the business was when we created a handbook. The company was, was a year old and we created a handbook that said this is how we dress, this is how we send emails, this is uh, our leave policy, this is our maternity policy. In fact, when we talked about maternity policy in our handbook, um, we didn't have any female staff in the organization. 
But we said maternity, I'm not sure why we didn't put paternity, but maternity, this is how we treat this, this is how we treat that, and so on and so forth. And the interesting thing is that today, the handbook itself hasn't changed. We've just made modifications because of, of course, other countries that we've gone into, and the fact that we've now had to accommodate new concepts like remote work. But the principles don't change. And my challenge to you is that we build a routine and stick to the routine. The last point I would like to make to the discipline test is that knowing how to delineate friendship from business is an important discipline. There were times that we have had to have very difficult conversations with, um, with very good friends and said, my brother, you are an amazing person, I love you, but I think you need to step aside for somebody to run the business and take over your role. And that's a very difficult conversation that you need to have when you start doing business in deep waters. My penultimate point is the test of pressure. Can you walk in the valley? The Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Doing business in deep waters will come with enormous pressure. You got to keep the balance between work and family, work and vacation, work and social gatherings, capital and seed sowing. You have money, you, have, you are called upon to sow a seed in church. There will be regulatory pressures, there will be political pressures, there will be staff pressures, competitor pressure. Some competitors can set pressure for you, you will be surprised. You wake up every morning and then you are thinking about them. And how you build pressure valves is important. How do you contain pressure when it mounts? It's incredibly important to build a network of people that you can cry on if the pressure gets to the point where you can't think. Um, so there are different types of pressures. I won't talk about them right now. Um, but the last test that I'd like to mention is the test of time. And this is the most important point that I'd like to make in this presentation to you. The test of time is a very interesting thing. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23, it's one of my favorite texts in scripture. Be diligent to know the state of your flock and attend to your heads, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. And this is profound. It speaks to me every day. Will we stand the test of time? For all the enterprises that we are in today, will they stand the test of time? Will they stand the test of time? And if we build today and it disappears tomorrow, what would we have achieved? So we need to find a way to stay relevant in all seasons. If you are a pastor, you are a church leader, can you preach at an outdooring event, same day, and in the evening preach at the person of an 80-year-old man? Can you speak to a happy congregation and speak to a sad congregation? That versatility is important in business as well because the seasons will change. And I feel that most of us, and I'm speaking to myself here as well, prepare for the good times and we fail to pay attention to the fact that the seasons themselves will be testing you. Time itself will test you. And so we need to be able to build resilience to be able to stand the test of time. In a bad season, you need to have faith that the conviction was right. Have faith that eventually the tide will turn and that your hair will grow again. In my experience, I try to put myself through school every year. Either I'm doing a short course, if I can afford, I am practically in the classroom every year because we want to be at the cutting edge. I tell my team constantly, the guys going to disrupt us are not the big competitors we see out there. It's a small boy in some backyard somewhere whose name is not known, 
and it's going to disrupt us. So we need to be at the cutting edge. And if you listen to the story of David and Goliath, as was narrated by Malcolm Gladwell, it says Goliath's weakness was in the fact that his size had made him blind. David's strength was in the fact that all he knew was how to shoot a catapult. And he didn't need to get close to Goliath. And so all he did was to shoot the catapult and he had an advantage that Goliath didn't anticipate or plan for. How do we stay relevant in all seasons? My prayer this evening is that, as the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, says that but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. That God will give us the grace that we will get better as the days go by. Amen.